Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for the opportunity to worship and giving. And now, Father, as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and that we will grow thereby. We thank you for all the things that you've done for us and how you have brought us to this time. We ask that you will just meet us at our point of need and move us to where you see us already at. We thank you and we honor you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We are into our brand new series. And this series, the title is Same God. Same God. And it's a very, in fact, it was our theme for all of last year, talking about the same God. But today I want to take it a little bit differently because it is the same God, but it is manifest differently. The same God that has caused all of us to be here has created such a diversity of people that no two people's fingerprints are the same. No two people's ears are the same. No two people are the same. But yet, we are the same. So it's this diversity that causes this sameness to have this ability to touch so many people. And so we're going to be in Ephesians, the fourth chapter is our primary area that we're going to be in during this series. And then uh, we're going to go into the Lent season. And so then we'll be doing that series. My start off statement for today is this. Paul wants the believers to maintain unity because we belong to the one God. The same God. Unity is something we possess by virtue of our relationship to God. We are all different, but our relationship makes us the same. However, we must strive to maintain that unity in the way we interact with one another. Now there's some, I have some, I got to tell you some, some ulterior motive to why we're doing that, doing this, this month. Because this month has, has caused some levels of dysfunction in this country. This month, the month of February, which is, as I said before, which is considered Black History Month, some folks say, because uh, why are we relegating the history of, 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 of a certain group of people to one month? The fact is, it's not that we're relegating it to one month. We're 
saying let's acknowledge that at this time to see how it affects all that we do. And if we are operating in the mindset of unity, then it is really no problem with anybody wanting to celebrate what has been accomplished. But the complication comes in when you or me, when we say, well, how come you're not acknowledging this? How come you're not acknowledging that? Because we need to just be celebratory of one another. The Bible says it like this. It says that we should cry with those that are crying. And we should celebrate with those who are celebrating. But that is how God wants it to happen. But we seem to not want to interact with each other in a way that brings about unity. So that is my motive for us talking about the same God this month. And our first episode, I went with the title, The Foundation of Unity. The Foundation of Unity. Our definitions are, the first definition is unity. Unity is the oneness of sentiment affection or behavior notice with the, the the definition doesn't say the sameness it says a oneness because we are different it may perceive to be or look to be different but the effect is still the same foundation is the basis or groundwork or anything that on which anything stands and by which it is supported. So we want to talk about how and why and what does the foundation of unity look like. In Psalms, the 133rd chapter, it says it like this. Behold how good, this is the English Standard Version, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers do dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. And if we jump over to the New Testament and we go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, Paul saying this, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. 
Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might feel all things. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will resonate in our hearts, our minds, and our spirits. So as we look at this foundation that Paul is bringing out, and we heard that the psalm writer has already said that it is good, it is pleasant for unity to be made manifest, to be operating in this process of unity. We can see how Paul, who considered himself a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and, and he uses this as one of his favorite phrases because he felt so uh, enraptured in, encapsulated in, wrapped up in all that God had done for him. And because of this, he wanted everyone else to feel like he felt. He wanted them to understand that you are captured by God. You are in his embrace. You are tied up in what God is doing in your lives. He is... Paul is trying to exhort them to, to, to not be wrapped around your situation, but operate in a unified manner and to do it freely. To not be all uh, uh, messed around and feeling like I got to do it my way, but what is the benefit of doing it my way for the rest yes. of those that are around me? Yes. Because if we really think about it, the, the life of the Christian and the lifestyle of a Christian is a calling. You are called to walk or to turn away from darkness and, and to walk in a light that is called marvelous. It's not a call to a specific ministry, but it's a call to be a minister. It's not a call for you to be elevated, but it's a call for you to live in a way that causes other people to want to be where you are. Yeah. It's a call to make you maneuver yourself so that others are above you. And you still know that you are okay in that. It's a call to simply live in a way that Jesus is reflected in all that you say, in all that you do, in all that you propose, in all of your conduct, so that people don't see you, but they see Jesus. 
Paul's trying to maneuver them, trying to set them up. Because if you remember, Ephesus was the Las Vegas of the time. It was the place where everybody went and you could do whatever you wanted to. And what would happen in Ephesus stayed in Ephesus. And so he's saying, and even in the midst of this sin city, this sin country, we have to have a lifestyle that reflects Christ, but we also have to make sure that we're connected to the brothers and sisters that are also proceeding to live in that manner. So where we're, where we're going with this, we're, we're saying that the foundation is how we conduct ourselves, yes. how we reflect ourselves to others. It's a hard thing to, to try to explain to people to do as I say and not as I do. Because most of the time when people learn, they learn by seeing Instead of by listening. Yes, yes. They learn by observing instead of taking yes. dictation. So if that is St. Paul saying we can be this group that God has called for us to be if we or when we do it all together. It just ran through my mind. I don't know if anybody's ever been on a rowboat before. But when you're on a rowboat, you have an oar to your right and an oar to your left. And when you're doing it by yourself, you can just go on straight on down the road. But how you go down the road can be difficult when one person is rowing one side and the other person is rowing the other. Because if you don't have unity in how you go, then the road is going to be a hard road to go down. We have to go in unity. We have to go in precision. We have to be synchronized in how we go forward. I'm not looking at Oh, you got a brand new oar and I got the old oar. We're not wrapped around that. We're wrapped around the fact that we're going to a destination together. We're going to get there together. Because we're doing it together. And so as we're... Watching how Paul is laying, going to be laying out this Ephesians, the fourth chapter, his whole goal is, listen, foundationally, we have to do this together. We have to be, number one, focused on who God is and how we want to represent him. When we look at how Paul was emphasizing this, it, it, it might be hard for us to comprehend what Paul is trying to do in this. It, 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 why is he emphasizing this so much? You know, it's funny how you could tell somebody, especially a young person, 
Don't touch the stove because it's hot. And they'll say, hot? And you'll be like, yeah, don't touch the stove because it's hot. And you hear them say, hot? And then you walk out of the room, and sure enough, you wait about five, ten seconds, then you'll hear, ow! That's hot. Because for some people, yes. just saying it don't mean a thing. But when they interact, they realize, oh, that's what hot means. And so it may be hard for us to, today to just grasp how central unity is to Paul as he's talking about the church. But unity is, as we've heard the, the psalm writers say, is where God commends his blessing. His blessings come in in the midst of unity. And as we look today, we say, how can we be unified when we got every day is like people are breaking off and becoming their own denomination and they're doing it all their own way. That, that's the point. If we stop minor, I mean, majoring in the minor things and focus on ensuring that we understand who God is and how he can unify us when we focus on him instead of how we feel about what God says. Because sometimes customs and, and practices have, have come up in churches and, and they have become the standard instead of the standard being God. And so then we run into the complication of we dress this way, you don't dress this way, so we can't be unified with you. You talk this way, we talk this way, so we can't be unified with you. You believe this, we believe this, and so we can't be unified with you. And so these boundaries start becoming blurry and they become uh, disjointed and, and it's hard to be unified when everybody's walking into each other instead of everybody walking in unison and harmony. So Paul's trying to say, listen, we can do this all together. We can move all together. We can function all together. Yes, all of us are different, but our focus should be all together. You might have to drag your foot because your foot is a little bit tired or you're a little bit older, but we're all moving in the same direction. We're not talking about being same. We're talking about being one. Yes. And a lot of us have confused sameness with oneness. Because if you are not six foot tall, it's harder for you to see what a six-foot-tall person can see. However, if it doesn't matter, if you can say, I'm depending on you to see a little bit further, but I'm going with you. If we come to a spot that he can't see over, but you can see under, then you become mutually beneficial. 
We all have a part to play in unity. But the foundation of being unified is walking with God. And so as we are going toward this, our attitude should be us being a gentle servant, serving Christ. Doing it the way Jesus did. Jesus said, if you want to be the head, you have to be the servant of all. Can you imagine if we all tried to outserve each other for the glory of God, how much functionality we would have, how much effect we would have, how we would be able to touch the lives of people if we were all not trying just to be the leader without serving. But if we serve and don't worry about who the leader is going to be, we would change whole environments. Amen. But no, we have gotten to this point now that if you don't do it this way, then you are not loyal. And because you're not loyal, we don't want to deal with you. And now we have caused all this separation, this fragmentation, got this disjointed. If, if, if we were to look at the body of Christ right now, it would not look like a body. It would be many little spots all over the place trying to draw together, but something keeps Stopping it. But God says if we would just fall under the word of God and operate in the confines of the word and don't try to bring our interpretation in, but listen to the voice of the Lord, the foundation will manifest unity. And if we manifest unity, we also bring about blessing. If we want to bless our community, then we should be unified in how, not that how we go out and affect the community, but if we become unified in a community, then what happens is the community becomes blessed because there's unity. And God says, I commend my blessing where there's unity. It's not necessarily about what you go out and do, it's how you conduct yourselves in the midst of every situation. One of my guys that I like to look at, N.T. Wright, he says it like this. He says, when people buy a new computer, they tend to operate it first and read the instruction manual afterwards. The trouble is, of course, that things go wrong with machinery. They may go wrong even quicker if you don't read the instructions. But most people will at least keep the instruction book handy and refer to it from time to time to see how the machine was meant to behave. <laughs> when the fundamental instructions were, what the fundamental instructions were, and what needs to be done to ensure that it remains at maximum efficiency. In this section, which opens up the quite long second half of the letter, Paul takes his readers back to the fundamental instructions on living the Christian life. That's all he's saying. Live the Christian life. Be Christ-like. Serve one another. The foundation of this is not complex. It's being godly. (laughs) 
an example that I have. Do you remember running a three-legged race? A three-legged race is where they take, you, you get a person beside you and they tie your, the leg that's closer to one another together so that it, ha it can't move without you moving it together. And then you hear, go. And if you've ever seen a three-legged race, when they start off, folks are falling face first because they are not in unity. And especially if you got two people that ain't coordinated by themselves with their legs, when you add somebody else to it, it just makes it even more funny. But you also get the ones where they'll communicate with one another. They'll talk to one another and they will say, all right, right leg, left leg, right leg, left leg, or outside leg, inside leg. That was my technique. You say inside leg, so y'all both knew to use the leg that was touching each other. Then the outside leg. And then you know what happens? First you're walking together. You're getting your rhythm together. Then you start picking it up just a little bit. And then next thing you know, you can run because you have synchronized it and you have become unified. And then the next thing you know, you get the trophy because you won the race. And so what we can see in this example of this three-legged race is that it can, be it can become a very, very funny situation. Folks is falling down. Folks getting mad at each other. Folks is, folks is like, come on, and person fall down. The other person try to drag them with the, and it can become hilarious. But it's a good example of how Christians act when it's time to be unified. Mm -hmm. Instead of communicating with one another and, and finding the time to synchronize it, we, we're trying to run before we have even synchronized how we're going to walk. We have begun to battle with one another instead of operating in harmony so that we can progress forward. That rowboat I was talking about earlier, it's very funny to see both of y'all trying to row in the same direction when the only way you're going to go forward is you have to actually operate counter to one another in order to go in the same direction. If you both try to row to the right, all you're going to do is go around in circles. But when you go in the direction that you need to go, it goes so smooth. But no, I want to go the same way you're going. So you're just going to keep going like this. And mad because you ain't going nowhere. But if we communicate with one another and our focus is achieving the goal, which is crossing the finish line or getting on down the road. I keep saying road. I should be saying stream, huh? Or down the, across the lake or whatever. Some of y'all going to try to put a boat on the, on, in the middle of Fairview Road and try to go there. It, it ain't going to work. You need water. But anyway, you need to come up with a way to communicate. And what better way to communicate is on the scriptures that are true. 
So we have to realize that becoming coordinated, we have to find our foundation in God. And because we have this same foundation, we have a way that we can move in the direction by which God can operate in our lives. And when we do that and when we operate in how God is moving in our lives, the next thing we know, we will be further down the road. We will be in a place and then we will operate in a unity that will bring about blessings not only to us, but also to those around us. Amen. Instead of being sprawled out on the ground because you keep falling on your face and getting mad at each other because we're, I'm just going to untie my leg because you ain't even acting right. But when we communicate and we're looking to do this together in the way that the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit operate together in a continual basis, we can become all that God wants us to be, which is an example to the world of the power of unity in our environment. The power of unity in our environment. So the foundation of unity is the fact that we make God first and we follow God first and we take ourselves and put it on the shelf and follow after God. Amen. Now, following after God is something that a lot of folks still have a problem with. And I want to let you know today that there is a way to follow after God that the, the, the result is that you will be successful. And that way is accepting Jesus into your life. Jesus says that there's no other way to come to the Father except by Him. And if you Try to go any other way, you're worse than a thief or a robber. There's only one way. And if we try to do it any other way, it may appear to be successful, but in the end, it will not be. It will not bring about the unity that God desires for us to have. So I want to encourage you today, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is a good day to do that. The Bible says it like this. It says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. It says for with the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth confession one confesses and is saved. It's just a confession of your mouth. Believing in your heart. And then the Bible also goes on to say that everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Our desire for you is that you have that relationship with Jesus, which connects you to God the Father. The Holy Spirit comes into your life, leads you and guides you to all truth, because the word of God is truth. Now, this decision is not an individual decision. It is in a way, but it's not in the way that you may be thinking. You make this decision and you, you are now a, a, a kingdom citizen. Well, yes, that's how it works out. But when you become a citizen of the kingdom, then 
It's not like you have to figure it out for yourself. There are people that want to come around you and assist you along this journey. The way we say it here at God's house is this is not an individual event. This is a team sport. We are all going to come together to assist you along this journey. And with that being said, if you have made that commitment today to follow Jesus and accept Jesus in his life and all that he's done for you, then you contact us either by email at info at godshousecc.com or you can text us at 684, I'm sorry, 864-920-0100. Call, uh, email us or text us. Let us know that you've made that decision. We'll come alongside you and assist you along this journey of life. We want to unify with you. We want to help you to become all that God has called for you to be so that you can be successful in all that God has called you into this earth to do. Well, friends and family, that's episode number one of Same God, the foundation of unity. And we hope that something was said today that will cause you to remove yourself out of the way, see God in every situation and how to act in a manner that brings about unity in your environment, in your area of influence so that you can receive the blessings of God. For where there is unity, God commands his blessing and we want you to be blessed. Well, until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you.